swag out them balls. Is that is that Botop Pace? And welcome to another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style. Where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming back one more time. And oh yeah, by the way, Happy New Year. We're now in 2023, which is absolutely weird to hear roll off of my tongue through my lips and into the air. It's, it's so strange to say 2023. Uh, 2024, 2025 are not too far behind us or too far away i should say uh, i hope everyone had a great holiday i hope more so that you are looking forward to a very positive and happy happy 2023 let's get into of course the download i don't know about you but i was able to take a lot of time during the break and play some video games and unfortunately one game i didn't get to which is on the download this week is star wars the Skywalker Saga. Now, this is the Lego Star Wars the Skywalker Saga. It came out last year, and as you can imagine, it's Lego themed. It's Star Wars. There have been plenty of Lego Star Wars games over the years, as with the prequel trilogies and the regular trilogy and the new trilogy. But now, Telltale's gonna be Traveler's Tale games have gone back, combined all of those games. Really, they've done a whole new game that features content from all of those other games to encompass all nine films. And in this, it's a successor to uh, 2016's A Force Awakens, so they didn't do one for the other two in the newest trilogy. Uh, And this game, as I said, adapts all nine films in the series. It also has additional DLC based on the other films like Rogue One and Solo, I believe, as well, that aren't part of the trilogy and the TV series. So you're talking about more than likely Uh, Clone Wars, as well as definitely The Mandalorian. I know definitely The Mandalorian. Uh, So I've always enjoyed uh, these games. It's an enjoyable romp, especially with the whole family. It's a game that, again, the whole family can play young and old uh, for all of not just the Star Wars lovers, but just gamers that you have in your family. Um, And I'm recommending this today because it is currently on Xbox Game Pass, of course. Uh, So it's a great time to gather the family around and try to slice up some stormtroopers uh, during the holiday season or in this new year. So that's my download for this week. Let's get into the short takes. Now, I have always been a fan of horror movies. I blame my mother uh, for my love of horror movies and science fiction. And one film series that has persisted in popularity, if not grown over popularity, over the past almost 40 years now i think it's 40 years since the original one came out Uh, and i'm talking about none other than evil dead and now surprisingly one of the things that it came out of the whole bloodbath at uh warner brothers discovery and them cutting things off of hbo max and throwing films in the trash for tax breaks it was the revelation or the news that a new Evil Dead movie was coming out and originally it was slated to drop exclusively on HBO Max and they came to the conclusion that they had so much confidence in this film that they then decided to release it in the theaters well uh, at the time of this recording yesterday we got the first trailer for Evil 
dead rise and let me tell you i am more than excited that will get me to a movie theater like i do not want to watch that on streaming i want to see that in a the movie theater. that looks absolutely awesome one of the, the great things about the evil dead franchise is that with every installment that we've had over the past few years um that includes the ass versus the evil dead tv series which i believe is still on netflix if you haven't seen it which is absolutely great the evil dead remake reboot whatever we say from 2013 i think it's 2013 it's really weird it's been 10 years since that came out that was absolutely great this looks like it's going to be in that same vein and it's just i'm really excited that the creators and stars i think sam Raimi and bruce campbell executive producing this movie are really allowing new writers and directors to really take inspiration from their original series and to craft something new while still holding on to the whole notion of hey we found the necro comic con somewhere some stupid behind wants to read it oh now we have these um um deadites possessing everybody and trying to kill everybody it sounds like a pretty standard formula that you can't mess up but if you're a fan of horror movies you, you or just movies in general you know that some excellent series have great premises for sequels and people just find a way to continue to screw it up well evil dead is one of those franchises that looks like it's still going to be the creme de la creme of horror franchises after evil dead rise comes out and i believe that comes out on april the 20th 2023 now next up is a movie that i saw the kind of pictures and stills for then i saw the trailer and i just said to myself i am not interested in this movie whatsoever and that movie is 65 it is a movie starring adam driver and it looks like based on the trailer he is in the future in crasslands on a, on a prehistoric earth so he is then facing dinosaurs trying to survive with him and his i'm not sure if that person is his son or just a passenger was on the ship it is written by uh, one of the creators of uh, and i forget the movie um a quiet place so it plays up a lot on that in the marketing as well as how the trailers cut i don't know about you but the whole debacle that was jurassic world has really got me out of wanting to see any kind of big budget movie with dinosaurs they milked dinosaurs and killed that excitement um, to see a movie with dinosaurs and to have a quote-unquote sci-fi horror movie with dinosaurs just doesn't fly and let's be frank adam driver is not somebody i want to go to the movies to see um good actor he is not someone that i want to see I, frankly his his turn as kylo ren just killed any sort of excitement i would have for him as a movie star so that's my take on uh, 65 and then last up and by the time of this recording we're only a few days away from the debut of this series and that is none other than night court and this is not something i usually talk about on the channel but i am very excited for this series because night court was one of the i don't know seminal series that i watched as a child growing up both first run and in reruns with john larry marky post uh, John Aston guest starring Marshall Warfield. Um, oh, and I forget the judge's name um, off the top of my head, but I, I absolutely love that show. It was such an amazing ensemble cast, and it's uh, just one of those series that I feel like that from the 80s that no one ever really talks about it as one of the you know preeminent 80s sort of sitcoms because it was so unique from anything else that was on TV at the time with its 
premise and even its ensemble cast. Sorry, Harry Anderson, who played Harry T. Stone. Well, they're doing an updated take on this series with John Larroquette reprising his role of Dan Fielding. And I believe Marky Post was originally supposed to be a part of this series as well before untimely passing. Uh, I think it's been about two years since he passed away, if I remember correctly. So far, no uh, notes on any other the original surviving cast uh, that are going to be a part of the series. But the series picks up with now Melissa Ranch starring as Abby Stone, who is the daughter of Judge Harry Stone, played by Harry Anderson in the original series, who also has passed away at the time of this series coming out. And she wants to follow in her father's footsteps uh, with uh, being a lawyer, I was doing a judge for the New York's night court. It looks like just from the trailers and the first looks that I've seen that it really does a good job with capturing what made night court funny timeless and memorable and more importantly unique for its day and i think even today the sitcom and even if it's very much like the, the its predecessor or the series is based on it's going to be drastically different from a lot of sitcoms that you have today uh, what's really going to be the test of the series is how well this ensemble cast really fits together and are able to play off each other one of the things about the original cast is that you can tell they had a very good time on the series they, they played well together and as the series went on it got better and better and better and i am really excited for this series when it comes out on nbc january 7th i believe so i will be looking forward to it and it's also going to be obviously streaming on peacock if you're not watching if you're cork like me you're going to be watching on Peacock because I don't have regular TV anymore. No broadcast either. No antennas, no nothing. Just straight streaming. So I am excited for that. And those are my short tips. We're going to take a break and come right back and talk about the much criticized MCU phase four. And we're back. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about Marvel phase four and the fact that it wasn't that good. It was boring. It was pointless. I would say this. The MCU had a very hard act to follow after co the conclusion of the Infinity Saga. And they were really tasked at expanding and really building a whole new world after the conclusion of that saga which is not an easy feat when you had such high success right before and i think one of the things that people often talk about when it comes to phase four is marvel overload because unlike the first three phases we now had dedicated television programming that was directly a part of this new phase with both established characters and new characters introducing them into this world now i will say at the time of this recording i still have not watched eternals and i still have not watched shang chi uh, that's my bad but either one of those whether they were parts or um, even though they're excluded from my watching list they're not excluded from this overall analysis because i don't think they really change um, anything uh, one phase four allowed marvel some room to experiment with different things different styles instead of being caught up in one sort of genre or one sort of style of movie making or storytelling and i think that was a spoil of war or that is something they could 
take some leeway with based on the success they had in the first three phases. And I think that many people were not expecting that and didn't know quite how to handle that. I mean, just look at just how we started uh, really phase four. Well, start phase four with WandaVision. I think that's where we started, technically speaking. Uh, WandaVision was different. WandaVision was something that we had not seen from the MCU before, but it worked and it was done very well, except for the ending, in my opinion. I, I just, I don't, I don't understand how they just let, well, they were afraid of her. That's how they let her walk away. Spoilers if you haven't seen it. But up until that, it was, it was, WandaVision was must-see TV because you didn't know what was happening. So you tuned in every single episode to try to figure out what was going to happen, what was going on, was Quicksilver really going to show up? It, it was really must-see TV. And I think with that, um, as well as the next series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I, I think when Marvel TV started, they started off with bangers, uh, especially The Falcon and Winter Soldier. I, I hold that up right now. As far as the Disney Plus series, for me personally, that is my favorite one. I think it holds up the best. That is actually one I went to rewatch maybe about a week or so ago, and I rewatched everything, but there are key moments that really stand out to me in that series that I think that it was an excellent continuation of Captain America. It felt like I was watching Captain America with the themes and all of that that I really really love about the Captain America series and how they brought that drama, how they brought that real life angst and real world dilemma and question um, questions as well as trying to find answers to those hard solutions. And we saw that in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I that series makes those characters more human, more believable from everyone involved, from Sam and Bucky uh, to a U.S. agent, I forget his real name at, at the moment, to uh, Battlestar Diving, to Carly and the Flag Smashers and their motivations, all of that and the revelations and the Dealing with loss, um, race, America, what it like, all of that was so Captain America. And I absolutely love that series. I think that stands up more or holds up more than any of the other Marvel series um, that we've had. And we've had Loki. Loki, I thought was Loki was good in setting up everything that's coming up now with the multiverse. And that was really cool. I thought that there was some low points there, but overall Loki was really good. Black Widow was a good standalone Black Widow film. It just came out at the absolute wrong time. Uh, that is something that should have came out a year before it came out. And say what you will, Disney botched that as far as releasing it. But it was good i enjoyed it it was nice having that movie but it was just it should have come out years before um it should have been part of phase three not part of phase four when you'd already killed off the character what if what if it was fun uh this was probably my most disappointing experience um with the marvel series because yes you got this grand sort of ending with ultimate ultron and everything but it was a lot of hit or miss as far as some of these episodes the zombie episode was the best and we see we're getting a series out of that uh the zombie episode and all also the uh, one with T'Challa for obviously a lot of sentimental reasons as well. Uh, that was the last time we actually heard or Chadwick Boseman was playing T'Challa in any way, shape or form. Again, Shang-Chi, haven't seen that, but I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, the Eternal is mixed, but I'll give it a chance eventually. Then we have Hawkeye. Hawkeye, in my opinion, it, for me, is my second favorite MCU film. I mean, not film, but TV series. I consistently, Hawkeye is an underrated character as far as the MCU is concerned. I also like the fact that he was not just having, not having superpowers. He was the most human of all of the Avengers. He had a family, he had a wife, he had kids. Everything he did was about protecting his family. And with this, we got the reintroduction of the Kingpin. While I have my issues with how he was depicted, I have to remember 
this is the same kingpin but it's not and i'll see how he evolves in the the echo series as well as the daredevil series that's coming out eventually i liked how they tied black widow into this series with elena showing up um, i liked all of the seeds that was that were planted in this series and i thought that we're about a year removed from this coming out this is my number two marvel series from phase four simply because it was just it was such well done and hawkeye is so underrated yes um it's above wandavision and Loki for me. WandaVision's ending really just, WandaVision is lower because of Thor and I'll tell you why when we get there. Next up we have Spider-Man No Way Home. What does it say about that? That That is obviously, that's going to be the best or second best movie from phase four um realistically um if between that and Wakanda Forever. Uh, the movies for phase four kind of hit or miss. Um some are good, some are great. One is just, I will never watch it again. Okay good, I'll get to that one. Uh, Miss Marvel. I love Miss Marvel. It was really great. It was really fun. It was, I loved how, as a fan of Miss Marvel, the character, and that's a book that when I was really heavy in the books during my adult life, that's a book I picked up day one and read at least the first 12 or so issues. I was very, in, I was very excited for the series and it delivered. It was great. But there was, when you compare it to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, when you compare it to Loki, when you compare it to WandaVision, there, it was not, even Hawkeye, the it was not at a grand as grand of a stage um and again that's where you get into that differences in the storytelling and approach where marvel was able to do with the series going forward so i love miss marvel one of my favorites but not the top some of the movies dr strange and the multiverse of madness i enjoyed it but i enjoyed it mostly because it was the sam raimi film and there was so many nods to his filmmaking in evil dead that when i watched it with people that i knew who were not familiar with evil dead they looked at me like I was crazy at the moments that I laughed at and the things I got excited for for the little camera tricks that he did and special effects that he did were very reminiscent of the Evil Dead franchise. I enjoyed it for that much. I hated it because Wanda as a character was just, it made no sense. She was upset for children she never had, children that were make-believe and she went through all this for children with whom she has never ever had in real life and this was okay. That's what made me upset. It, 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 so much of that she was excused for her bad behavior from her series into this and because she never got checked because she never was held accountable for what she did dr strange the multiverse of madness happened and that is my biggest issue with that movie is that lack of accountability of that character and the circumstances were absolutely ludicrous that nobody checked her nobody was like hey this isn't right it, it made me upset and angry from a character standpoint it moved the story long but it still made me mad then we got thor love and thunder <sighs> thor Lo love and thunder was forgettable it was very forgettable i am not i don't hate the movie i don't love the movie either and i understand why many people did not like this movie it's like they tried to take all the good parts or the things that people were surprised and really loved about ragnarok and just make a whole movie like that and it just didn't work it, it didn't work whatsoever the story made sense but it just did not work uh whatsoever we got moon knight i loved moon knight moon knight was really great that was that was a series that was my top five for marvel series it's 
it's another series that had me every single week wondering what was going on what was happening going to happen next so that was really cool she-hulk i don't understand why she-hulk got the hate that it did they tried a situational comedy if that's not as different you can get from everything else that's fine and then people coming oh you ruined daredevil get a life it's they trying something different it's a situational comedy i love tatiana mslahi i thought it was great it was funny it was really really cool uh i feel like i'm missing something else here as far as tv is concerned oh yes the one shots let's talk about werewolf by night werewolf by night is an absolute masterpiece as someone who is a diehard fan of 50s and 60s not even is that like old school universal monster movies that was such a love letter to those sort of films uh, from the music to the fact it was in black and white up until the end it was it was beautiful it was absolutely beautiful if you have not seen werewolf by night watch it uh then we have the uh Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I thoroughly enjoy Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Were there issues? Yes. One of the things I didn't like about the movie, and I've said so before in this podcast, it was very predictable. It was, you, if if you were, you love movies and just love storytelling and you've seen so many movies and read so many stories, you can see how you can see once you establish a how it was getting to be and to see and how the whole trajectory of the story was going not saying it wasn't beautiful not saying that it wasn't an enjoyable experience but it was very predictable which knocked it down a peg or two for me still a beautiful movie still i would recommend going seeing it at the theater if you haven't already um and then we have finally i think i caught everything is the guardians of the galaxy christmas special which was it was weird that's the best way i can say about it. it it was weird it was fun it was very much a throwback to those old movie christmas specials but it was it was enjoyable for what it was not something i would ever watch again so what does this mean with phase this is what i really see with phase four phase four is has really set a foundation for marvel going forward uh we right now we don't have the announcement of that many series i think only echo and daredevil are ones that we know of armor wars is transitioned into a full-length feature film which is good so also we got the iron hearts coming which spins directly out of gone forever as well as um i think there's a proposed series for dora milage but i nothing official has been announced as far as release date as far as that's concerned so right now we have three series that we know are coming within in the next year or ha- year and a half in addition to the movies so what is my take on phase four i think everybody got it wrong and this is an analysis that i i've heard a couple different analyses about so this is concerned phase three phase excuse me phase one two and three was all about the introduction of superheroes to this world and them combating a threat phase four was really about the world dealing with this introduction and then propagation of superheroes and reacting and growing and moving past the events of one knowing that all these superheroes and special beings are around which we saw a lot of with she-hulk and the sort of ramifications while comedic in many respects there are a lot of ramifications that were very intimate and personal in real life that you saw there um as well as uh falcon and winter soldier as well with the flag smashers and what uh the blip did and how that affected world boundaries and politics and borders and like that was very very realistic uh to a lot of you know crises we've had real life it was a reset but it also was dealing with the world now having superpower being and also another analysis i saw was totally agree with especially for the early parts of phase four and even how we ended but for the most part the early part was grief you saw characters dealing with the loss of people you saw characters dealing with you know with sam and and Bucky Steve and what that means in their lives 
with Wanda with Vision. Even Loki, Loki, even though he was a variant, he realized he, his whole family lost. He died. There was a lot of themes of loss. So loss and rebuilding are really what I take away from phase four. Um, it was kind of, it played a little loose with a lot of things, but again, they were able to experiment because of the success they had and to see what people love, but also to give people different things to also broaden their audience, which I don't think was uh, not a bad move at all for every person that hated She-Hulk you had probably a whole bunch of people who came in because it was something new and different so that's my take on phase four stop hating on it uh us geeks and nerds and blurs are eating real good I just I hope that they streamline it a bit more because I do think that with phase four some of the storytelling suffered especially looking at like Thor Love and Thunder uh the storytelling really suffered uh, with that movie and a lot of the movies are becoming spectacle and are losing the groundedness which made a lot of them so perfectly executed in the beginning and we're kind of ever brought to ground it more and i think a lot of that more so was the whole loss of chadwick boseman and how that played into it and loss of t'challa in the movie but and even with spider-man there was a groundedness there as well as far as he was concerned obviously he was really grounded by the end of it but i hope that they're able to rein it in make it make the films more grounded and more relatable instead of spectacular as we have seen in this Getting out of phase for Marvel, let's talk some tutorial slice in this case. I'm doing another deep dive into fragrances. Uh, recently, I did a week of ultra cheap, super duper cheap fragrances. And with some of them, some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them are hot garbage. Let's take a look and listen to the week in cheap. So this week, we're going with cheapies. I'm not talking about your normal cheapies. I'm talking about bargain basement beauty store knockoff dollar store cheapies in this case we're going with crocodile today which is inspired by i believe the original lacoste so with this one it's not bad at all it's actually a little musky kind of a white musk some pear as well it's synthetic but it still has a fresh synthetic and it actually lasts a pretty good amount of time considering you can usually find it about $7.99 $8.99 at one of those discount clothing stores and we're back with the second of our cheapest of the cheap for the week in this case we're going to a dollar tree find before they hike their prices to a dollar 25 in this case we're going with black mountain from ead it is their approximation of mont blanc legend now i have to say with this one it is actually pretty accurate surprisingly so for just a buck it is pretty potent for its price it is not not as potent as the original which is a a fresh kind of fruity woody fragrance but it does lean heavy on the woody notes with this one that's a sandalwood with the cedar as well as the tonka bean i don't get so much of the fruity notes from this one but it is one that lasts a while i get three to four hours of heavy spraying of this one but it's good for fresh out of the shower and today's expiration into the bargain bin ultra cheapy fragrance is none other than well i guess not necessarily none other than but is twin rings which is the approximation of gucci guilty unlike black mountain this one sucks there's no way around it the uh, fragrance is very light very synthetic uh, nothing really comparable in my opinion to Gucci Guilty. Yeah, it's um one you should definitely avoid. Well, you should you avoid most dollar store dollar shoe fragrances, but definitely avoid this one. 
And we are back with day four, number four of the week of cheap. Uh, this one, we go back to Dollar Tree with another one from EAD or EAD. In this case, it is none other than EAD Blue, which is their take on Chanel or Blue to Chanel, I should say. I have to say it's not horrible. Um, it's not great. It's actually decent, surprisingly. It does do a good job of capturing that overall feel of Blue de Chanel. It does come off very alcoholy when you first spray it, but it does a good, good, good job of approximating that fresh citrusy in the woods. I don't get too much of vanilla and some yellow scents from a uh, blue de Chanel in this one, but I do get very much of the a little bit of the vetiver. A little bit of the citrus as well as the wood notes as well it's not bad for a buck 25 and it is our fifth installment for the week of cheap and this case we're going to one of my favorites from this bargain basement bin selection it's going to be hot thrills which is their approximation of Ed Hardy and it's breaking down the notes for the original fragrance Ed Hardy you're going to have top notes of bergamot mandarin orange and clary sage heart notes of mint and then base notes of amber uh, musk as well as vanilla now with this one right here I only get and I mean only get amber and vanilla it is sweet and it's powdery it doesn't have great projection it doesn't last long but it is a pleasant synthetic amber and vanilla and it's one that i think and i really love is really good for fresh out the shower as it has a sweet smell a somewhat soothing smell but also it doesn't last long so it goes away really quickly and it's great for you know overnights and for installment six of the week of cheap we go to probably one of my first acquisitions from Dollar Tree way back when, many, many moons ago. And it is Jean-Philippe Tristar, the Ombre. Now, I totally forget what this is supposed to smell like, but it really doesn't matter because it's absolute trash. Uh, this is probably the first time I sprayed it in years. It is absolute trash. If you ever, ever see this, don't buy it. Hot garbage. And today we're closing it out with number seven in our week of cheap and this one is another one that originally i found at dollar tree many many years ago doing my fragrance buying sprees and this one is iad excite now if i remember correctly this one is supposed to be an imitation or clone or inspired by uh the classic darker noir so i do get sense of the woods and spices and it's been a while since i've actually smelled the original darker noir but this doesn't really remind me of it it's an okay enough fragrance, especially for the price. You'll probably get two to three hours with it, and then it's completely gone. Not trash, not great, just eh. Now let's get into the fragrance of the week, and this is a fragrance that I need a lot more experience with. I've worn this sample maybe once or twice since I acquired it a year or two ago uh, due to scent explosive. It must have been about a good two years ago now, maybe a year. I don't know. Anyway, it is a strong, potent, you and unique fragrance that very much is reminiscent of the animal it's named for and is rhinoceros from zoology, excuse me, zoologist. It is an extra de parfum concentration in a 60 ml bottle for the price of $175. With this, you're going to find top notes of rum, bergamot, lavender, 
elemi, sage, armoys, and conifer needles, heart nose of tobacco, cedar, geranium, pinewood, agarwood, immortale, and then base notes of sandalwood, amber, smoke, vetiver, musk, and leather. Now, when I see descriptions of this one, it very much denotes it as a leather fragrance. This bad boy is potent, and I mean potent. It it almost has a um oh man, it's a kind of a resinous smell. Uh, and I don't mean it in a bad way. It is it is just so strong. This is one you really need like two or three sprays. Uh, with the top, I get the conifer and the rum um, immediately. It it's one that's going to last you all day. It really may be an acquired taste. It's so potent. You may smell it and it's like, or just in general, this may be one that you just have to get used to um, by winning a few times. I would definitely say this is one you should sample first before you purchase because it is, it is that strong. It's so strong that it could be off-putting to many. Like even for me, it takes me a while really smelling it, really letting it settle down because it, like I said, it's quite potent, quite loud, not in a pungent turn your nose up, but it's just so strong that you can't ignore it. And for some people, that's not what they want to project, no pun intended, nor will it be something that will be pleasing to the noses of those around you either. So that's my take on rhinoceros by zoologist and what i'm wearing today uh an old favorite fateful cheapy fragrance not cheapy like the ones i talked about before this is atlas from old navy uh again old navy the fragrances are hit or miss they are serviceable for these 16 dollars or so that you'll pay for them and this is i believe i forget if it's um a 50 ml bottle or 100 ml i think it's a 50 ml bottle for 16 bucks i think they still carry this one but this one has notes of basil black pepper and atlas cedar and one of the things i notice as it sits on my shelf and i continue to wear it over the years it gets a kind of semi-sweetness to it on the top and i think that's a combination of that basil and that black pepper really to produce that kind of spicy sweetness uh with that and then it settles in to that mild wittiness of the atlas cedar for 16 dollars i is definitely one that i say you cannot go wrong with and with that how can you support us well we have three different ways actually in more than three ways but right now these are ways that you can support us right now you can become a producer on patreon for just one dollar a month you will get all of these episodes at least a day before they drop on other platforms and there are also uh, additional video content audio content that you can find nowhere else outside of the various patreon platforms one dollar three dollar five dollar uh, producer associate producer associate producer producer and the executive producer uh, and you will get updated information in Webster style. So totally get content that you can find nowhere else on the web. Uh, some uncut videos from Exotica, some off the record podcasts talking about some subjects we normally don't talk about here and many 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 other things you can also uh, check out pete and pedro uh, i am a fan of their fragrances i actually just as the time of this recording purchased a bottle of 
Villain, which is an inspiration or fragrance inspired by Tom Ford's Tobacco Vanille. And I pay for that out of my own money. No sort of affiliate uh, bonus or anything was used. It's it's all me. So uh, when I talk about these things, I let you know uh, that I'm telling you I like these things and I'm hawking these things, so to speak, because these are products I actually pay for myself. But if you're interested, uh, you can get 10% off your first purchase using the code eHawks10 or using the affiliate link that's in the code. And actually several of you who have used it lately. So thank you very much. I appreciate your support of Soturian Geek and Webster Style. Then also you can try Dubby Energy Drink. Uh, you can get 10% off your first purchase by using the code WebsterMan or using the affiliate link that are in that is in the show notes as well. Um, and with that, you can also find me all over the web. You can find me first and foremost every week over at Nerds Rule the World with my man Brian Sav as we do the NRW checkpoint where we talk about um, our proclivities for gaming as well as the newest gaming releases each week that usually drops on Thursday, Friday of every week over the NRW Nerds Rule the World YouTube page. Also, you'll find those links and those uh, that video dropping on both the NRW website as well as WebsterStyle.com. So you can always find it there. Also, check me out on social media on Instagram at WebsterStyle and Satorian Geek on Twitter at WebsterStyle and of course on TikTok at underscore WebsterStyle. Make sure you check out WebsterStyle.com to find out anything and everything that's going on with Webster Style. And of course, drop me an email at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Thank you very much for your patronage. Thank you very much for your listening here. And of course, remember, stay safe out there. Be blessed. And again, happy new Smoking hot, rocking this pen so oh. thin. Tie hairline, looking like a stencil pimp. No lie, I'm sharper than the utensil. Instrumental, plain dang homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang bang honey. See them plain James honey, them lame friends funny. We tell it better crazy like that thing came on me. Hey, mommy, look a lady main thing. Want me on the scene, fit popping like a main vein. Running blood color, lips smashing with the hand. Clutch money, holding bag, kind of funny. Can you tell me what's the price I got the range? Rover. Hang on me when we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a limp like an ankle sprain on me. Yeah, I rocked the cardigan. She don't really want me because no one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. No one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. Hey, hey, let me, let me see.
one man should have all that styling. Take it off, clothes on the floor piling. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes. Oh, you wanted to, oh, I completely read that wrong.